Amy, on this podcast, we try to always offer useful takeaways. And if you learn nothing else from us, learn this useful parenting lesson by Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 are the ultimate parent hack, the best diaper to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. Instead of ordinary diaper tabs, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your wild child. Pampers Cruisers 360 makes it so easy to change your baby. Who probably doesn't stop moving just because they need a diaper changed? Just slide on to apply and away they go. And fear not, parents. Pampers Cruisers 360 offers an up to 100% leak-free fit. And they just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we say more? For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Is this battle worth fighting? What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. As any good leader knows, war is a last resort. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Beware the no. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. I feel better about this now because I feel like I've been heard and seen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the What Fresh Hell podcast. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And this week we're talking about battles worth and not worth fighting. Is this battle worth fighting? (laughs) This topic basically came up, I think, because so my daughter, my five-year-old has developed a habit that should be familiar to listeners of this podcast because I have it myself of overusing the word like. (laughs) So do I. And so I was like, I was like, should I? that battle (laughs) i remember it drove my mom crazy and i just have such a running memory of my mom don't say like stop saying like it's not like that it is that and it, it didn't work but i find myself so irritated in myself by my use of the word like it's just such a ridiculous vocal tick that i wish i didn't have and so i respect my mom for fighting the battle but it didn't really work and now here's my kid like like this and like that like I like had it but then I like lost it and it just I I, the sound of it drives me crazy I have the whole like feminist echo of like you're diminishing your own speech da 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 the whole thing it all drives me crazy but is it a battle worth fighting uh I I don't know I I don't know the answer to that but my (laughs) we're not off to a good start Amy you got we're we're here to give people advice I think I think a five-year-old I think a five-year-old could probably still have it, um, yeah, beaten out of her. So, so, so fight the good so fight get out there. Shot collar and fight the good fight. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, yeah. my, my son, my oldest child, tends to use it a lot. And at some point, um, you know, peer pressure and teachers and things like that kick in, and it's adults besides you uh, reinforcing that. So then, then I think it sort of takes care of itself. But I don't think. I mean, yeah. just to your point, yes. Do I? The, the feminist ticks bother me too. Don't get me started on vocal fry, but I do think that uh, in, in this case, it's my it's, it's a son of mine that uses it the most in our family. Perhaps next to me. Now that I record a podcast, I realize just how much I love the word as well. I mean, I posted on Facebook, and a lot of people kind of had different takes on it. And 
a lot of people were like, oh, it's not a big deal. She's five. And some people were like, it is the diminishment of her voice by using language that is, you know, weaker. And I think I come out on, I try to reinforce her not using it. And I try to use it less myself. But as I edit this podcast, I'm always struck by how many times I say like, it's so irritating. Ah, it's, it's a universal goal. That, that's the sort of given we all, we all say like too much. Uh, yeah, so battle worth fighting. Let's all work on that. All right. So it's a battle worth skirmishing, I would say. It's not really <laughs> worth digging in and fighting it every single time, but it's a battle worth being vaguely engaged. Holding some kind of line about. But then so then out of that, I said, well, that's an interesting episode. Why don't we talk about what battles are and aren't worth fighting? And we went to our Facebook page and we asked all of you, what are the battles that you are currently wondering whether or not you should be waging in your home? And we got a lot of. And really we're going to good... answer them. We're going to tell you: Is this battle worth fighting? Yes or no? <laughs> is this battle? We're the ultimate arbiters of this question, and we will give you solid answers about whether or not this is worth fighting. Okay, you ready for the first one? Oh, I'm ready. All right, I'm ready Re- to bring the hammer down. Rebecca says, "Is it worth fighting the battle of getting the kids to clean up their toys or their mess before they go?" to bed like when it's bedtime and your tired preschooler has to sort his hot wheels is it worth making them do that before bed she says no it isn't rebecca the correct answer is we need like a game show ding 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 no not a battle worth fighting definitely not worth fighting at bedtime i must say that 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 i would never have fought that with my kids at bedtime but then i cleaned up after them after they went to bed but there's a difference between four and ten on this one don't you think Absolutely. And it's just it's bedtime that that gets me on that. And our what I've basically found is our house is constantly sliding into mess and then we clean it up, sliding into mess and then we clean it up. It might be a good exercise to clean up every single night before bed, but bedtime is too fraught to introduce. And now we're going to clean everything up before bed. I mean, people's heads may be exploding and they may be disagreeing with me, but what we tend to do is like tomorrow we have a big outing. And I will say to the kids, it's Saturday morning cleanup. Like we're not going anywhere until your rooms are clean. And then once it's clean, isn't it great that it's clean? Well, you kind of slid into the next, the next sort of, is this worth, which is Hannah talks about, should, should you make your kids keep their rooms clean or, or more specifically, should you make your kids keep their rooms as clean as you keep the rest of the apartment? And she, Hannah says she has just decided uh, after fighting this battle many times that she's going to clean the rest of the house that she lives in the way she wants to. And her kids can clean their rooms the way they want to with what she calls minor exceptions. Of course, I think she means food, but um, I don't know. The answer is no. Also not worth fighting. She's correct. Like let that in that the battle is they need to keep their room clean to the standard that you keep the rest of the house. Not a battle worth fighting. But you do make them clean them. So cleaning, cleaning at all is a battle worth fighting. But your but your standard is not the point. It is um, not actual vermin in the room. That's where I'm saying not a battle worth fighting. Like, oh, it needs to be military corners on the sheets and everything needs to be just so. But OK, so so cleaning their rooms eventually in some way and no food on the floor is a battle worth fighting, but not hospital corners on the bed. Oh, wait a minute. Let me back you up. Battle worth fighting. No food leaves the kitchen in the house. Oh, we grew up with that role and it's still true. And wow. it, it, no, no, no food leaves the kitchen in my house. 
Wow. Um, that's not true in yeah. my house. We got we have yeah. we have Tostitos Hint of so funny because you're the stickler, but I food in your rooms is disgusting. That's not allowed. I was always the one who broke it in my house and my mom would just go crazy, but it, it, it now I'm a stickler for it. No food goes upstairs. Oh boy. See, see, sometimes you surprise me. I know, I know, because I'm like, I play it fast and loose, but then certain things. There's are certain, you have certain bright lines. Even David and I, I'm like, he occasionally wants to get in bed with a bowl of cereal. I'm like, that is gross. Go back to the kitchen. <laughs> um, so that's where I come out right. on, uh, on food outside the kitchen. It's a no battle. Worth so food outside the kitchen is a battle worth fighting. Put that in the yes column. I'm going to give you one that's in my yes column and in Mariana's yes column as well. She says, I will fight to the death about dishes going in the dishwasher and not the staging area, which is the sink. She will fight to the death about that one. That one, too, drives me up a wall. The, the dishwasher is right there. Put it in the dishwasher. Yeah, I think that's fine. Are you are you um, meticulous, shall we say, about the loading of the dishwasher? Um, I you yes. know, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, I can picture your dishwasher. Yes, only because, right, I can fit twice as much in it, right, as, as if somebody else does it. So, so when I, as usually happens, the dishes do pile up in the sink because there's a dishwasher full of clean dishes and, you know, nobody's going to do right. that. That'll take four right. minutes. So then I have to unload the dishwasher <laughs> and then I load it back up with a well, dishwasher. We're getting a glimpse into your bitter heart. Amy. Yeah. You're like, no one. That's only, nobody knows how to do that. So, so anyway, yeah, when it comes time to load the dishwasher, there's way too many dishes to fit in there. And, if my husband thinks he has the trunk packing Tetris ability, got it. That again, that's outside the house. The car is in the driveway, so that's his bailiwick, and mine is fitting. You know, when he's like, "Can't fit anything else in there," I'm like, "Get out of my way!" And I can fit. Yeah, we haven't quite. I mean, my kids are. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're not there yet, or maybe we're just lazy about it. But we just have them clear their plates. We've just started the scraping, and now it's like put a cleanish plate in the sink, and you're done. My husband, he makes eggs for himself almost every morning before he leaves for to work out before work because he's got that kind of a work ethic and he makes himself eggs and then he takes his omelet pan and his little spatula and he takes them and he puts them in the sink and he doesn't clean them or anything and he can't put it in the dishwasher because it's all nonstick, right. whatever. Um, but I'm like, you don't really get points for moving it the two feet from the yeah. stovetop to the I sink. mean, I think we started this for the kitchen. Is this with. a battle worth fighting with your kids? But we're sliding into marital therapy for you here and doing like, is this oh. a battle worth fighting with your husband? Probably. Is it a battle worth? It, I've decided it's not a battle worth fighting because I just don't clean it. And then when he goes to use it the next morning, it's still in the sink. Oh, a little passive aggressive so technician it. there. I like it. Solid. Well, yeah, I, I fight fire with fire, right? Fight, fight passive aggressive. With passive aggressive. With passive aggressive. I like it. Like, I don't know. I don't know what this. I don't know what this pan is doing in the sink. I guess you like to put it there. <laughs> I guess you that's where you that. store it until you need Honey. it the next time. Uh, well, okay. Ready for another one? Yeah. Okay. Um, sleeping, hiding in the closet with coffee, which is a very funny uh, Facebook page to another two mom sort of humor site. So enjoy that. But they 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 put on here, they said, is the six-year-old sleeping in his own bed a battle worth fighting? I know where you're going to go on this, Margaret, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the question anyway. They're, a six-year-old won't even go to bed in his own room anymore. And here's the rub. He's kid number five. So I'm going with this too shall pass. And we're just so you've already room. made some mistakes. 
<laughs> uh, I think I'm going to surprise you a little bit. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't have food out of my kitchen and I don't have kids in my bed. Like it just, it's a no for me, for me, battle worth fighting. But having discussed this a lot and talked with other people, I guess I don't really care for you. Like if it works for you, it's fine. But for me, it's a hard no. Right. Well, I've never had a kid in my bed overnight. Yeah. I don't have kids in my bed. It's just, it doesn't happen. And so, but do I care if you have a kid in your bed? If it doesn't bother you, not really. But if you don't want a kid in your bed, there are ways to get a kid out of your bed. We're not a, we're not a family bed family either. And we're certainly, yeah. want to hear my battle worth fighting? No dog in my bed. Sure. No dog in my bed. Oh, Evolve. you just said a mouthful there. <laughs> I was actually surprised we didn't get to this on the pets episode. Because that was that was my debate with my husband about getting a pet. I said, we can have a pet, but there's never going to be a pet in my bed. And he said, well, what's the point of having a pet if it's not allowed in your bed? And I said, I don't know, but we're not having a pet in bed. Anyway, cut to cat does sometimes end up in bed, but the cat knows not to get near me. <laughs> the cat sometimes sleeps on my husband's leg. In the middle of the night, a cat will appear and sleep on my husband's legs. But if the cat knows not to get near me. Yeah, they, they know. I, the, now, the dog can sleep in my son's beds because they're okay with that. That's not, I don't care if you're fine with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It. It's not a bed problem. So in a, in just, this is, I don't want an animal. I don't care. I don't care if bed. you're fine with a kid or dog sleeping in your bed, but my bed is just, from, I'm like, I'm like Amy Schumer in that movie, the beginning of the movie where she's just like, can you stop breathing, please? Can you, you know what I mean? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I was, I was vindicated by that for, for, for her and for, for Amy Schumer, that's a battle worth fighting. Don't come over to my side of the bed when I'm trying to, trying to sleep. And I, I hold that line quite firmly myself. Oh, yeah. I'm the same. I'm like nothing, nothing disturbs the sleep that, 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 that's a sacred time. Nothing's messing with my sleep. So, so Heather asked sort of a similar question. She said, when kids kind of show up and crawl into your bed like a cat on your husband's legs when the kid isn't there. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit of a warm You're asleep, no kid. You roll over, is a kid. Do you get out of bed, take them back to their room, or do you just sort of allow the uh, allow the slow creep? I guess I'm going to say not, not, in, not in my house because I just couldn't sleep, but uh, it's okay with me, I guess. <laughs> you do that. I'm not sure it's a battle worth fighting. Yeah, I mean, it, if it, if it, uh, you got to figure this one out yourself because if it, yeah, if it, if it doesn't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But for me, there, no, no, nobody's crawling in my bed. No, this children. is a rare moment of total agreement between you and me. Yeah. I think you and I do say, do share a kind of ice heart gene, which I credit to our Irish Catholic upbringing <laughs> that like, right. I think like our lack of love for pets and our lack of ability to like, have physical intimacy with, you know, humans in bed. I mean, that sounds like a whole other <laughs> Well, it happened, it happened three times. <laughs> yeah, all. exactly. Right. Uh, but, but not <laughs> wanting to be snuggled. I don't know. There's a certain Irish Catholic repression at play here that like, I'm done at night. I'm getting in my bed. I'm burying myself in covers. No one talked to me. No one touched me. I'm going to bed. Yes. Some people yes. might have love to give, but like we don't. <laughs> It happen to be us. You give me strength that you that you feel so strongly that you're on my side. Yeah, I'm totally on your side, and I don't know. I, I yeah, 
go to sleep. All right. Melissa has a sort of a specific one that I thought was kind of kind of funny. She wanted to know, is it worth is it battle worth fighting that your kids are taking their sidewalk chalk and writing not just on the sidewalk, but on like the side of the house and the arms of the outdoor chairs? And does it really matter? It's hilarious. It's she says, specific. do I want you doing that? Not really. But she said she says she's going to give that a big ol. Who cares? Yeah, I think she's another right. year or two. I, I mean, think, it, I think it, it's it, probably it, a pretty good the battle worth fighting, too, comes down to like, what do you gain and what do you lose? So. What do you gain? Kids outside doing sidewalk chart for a while. That That's a win. What do you lose? A little chalky dust all over stuff? I don't care. You probably have to hose off the chairs eventually and like hose off your porch and stuff because the rain isn't. If they're drawing on places, the rain won't get to. Well, I think maybe she also means like, um, yeah, I mean, and maybe the the sidewalk chalk gets all over everything. But yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Not unless you're trying to sell your house. And this is a good, this is a battle worth fighting takeaway, which my husband, my husband has much more of a problem with this than I do, although we've both suffered from the problem. And this is such a good takeaway in the battles. Beware the no. And it took me a while to learn this, but my husband has a little bit of a, I don't know, authoritarian critique. I think a lot of like dudes have this problem where don't do that. And I'm always saying to him, why not? Like, have we thought through why that's against the rule? Like sidewalk truck drawing against the side of the house. They're occupied. They're busy. Why are we saying no to that? Mm -hmm. Have you, because once you say no, then it needs to be a no. You can't say no. And then, Oh, actually it's fine. Whatever. Just be careful what you say no to, because once you throw the no down, then you've got to back it up. Yeah. I think you and I have also have that. But there's times. Yeah. There are times where like, I just I've had this conversation with my husband. I wish I could think of a couple of good examples, but that thing of like, no, you're not allowed to pass crayons back and forth on the airport plane or just there just crazy times where it seems like, wait, why is that enough? Well, and, and I think you have to think it out a little bit. It's a harmless thing. Don't say no to it. In moments of stress, I can become intolerant of my kids right. being fidgety or something. And you're right. It's really about my, like, I'm trying to think about something right now, but what they're doing isn't, yeah, passing crayons back and forth in the airplane while you're stressed because there's, I don't know, because they just said you're going to be sitting there on the tarmac for another hour. Don't say no to that. That's really, you're being intolerant of something else. Um, and and yeah. you don't want to have forever. You can't have forever the rule. Don't pass crayons in the airplane because it's what will become of, <laughs> of you. <laughs> Basically, never say no on an airplane. Can we move on to some personal appearance um, battles? My personal appearance? This is a whole category. Your personal appearance is your business. Yeah. I'm not going to fight that battle with you. Um, but <laughs> kids going to school in outfits that match. Hannah brought up this one, and this is one I'm finding in my house. Oh, She says, Hannah says, I can sing you that song. She says, battle not worth fighting. Her kids go to school in pajamas, uh, you know, Halloween costumes, princess dresses, clothes with holes on them. It's not a battle that she wants to fight. Um, and I think with like a three-year-old, that's probably the right, the right answer. I am going to come at you with a little bit of a asterisk footnote situation on this one. Okay. Because um, I think, yes, if it's a three, four-year-old, whatever, it doesn't matter. Same clothes every day. Um, I have a teenage son who is colorblind and who <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> kind of a wrench when left there. Yeah, it's a little bit of a wrench. 
I mean, and when left to his own devices for his last dress down day, he wore a, a turquoise, um, like sort of soft pastel Easter eggy toned shirt that he had made at camp. Um, neon yellow, yellowish greenish shorts. And then he had these sort of red and orange socks that were a very sort of like autumn leaves. And you know how the kids' socks are now? They're really brightly colored and pulled up. And then he had on neon, neon orange sneakers because of course the sneakers have to be crazy colors too and he came down on that outfit and i thought to myself that'll not worth fighting i'm not going to say anything and the brother and sister were immediately like what is that outfit you have to change you look crazy and he was like what it's fine it's fine i look fine and we all were just sort of like you know it's fine it is fine you might just maybe maybe one of these things to change yeah like coco chanel said get dressed and then take off one thing take off one of them yeah yeah. yeah. Um, so we were sort of like, maybe, maybe let's go with a more neutral top or bottom. Anyway, he went to school. He was, he was furious. I look fine. And we all were like, you definitely don't, but whatever. And, and off he went. Well, so it wasn't but really now, a battle worth fighting. I mean, it wasn't. Now, if it was, yeah, if it was like a wedding or like the school dance or something, maybe I would have stood in the gap. But in the end, I had to let it go. Well, leaving, you know, physical handicaps out of the conversation. I think <laughs> if, I have a five-year-old who dress. I'm going to date myself and like war- oldie locks alert. We need to have like a special sound that plays when I'm about to age yes. myself. Ding, ding, ding. She dresses like alert. Punky Brewster. Do you remember Punky Brewster? It was a huge yes. in the seventies. And it was about like a street urchin kid who my child dresses like, but I mean, my five-year-old will wear, I mean, it's just the classic thing of like shirt with a kitten on it with like a bedazzled kitten. And then leggings with the alphabet on them. And then over the entire thing, she throws on a giant like carnival tutu. And then mismatched socks is a big thing right now. And so the one thing is that I have said to all of her teachers since preschool, I just say to her teacher on day one, I just want you to know she dresses herself. She picks out her own outfit. Like I'm not actually trying to craft this look and send my kid into school looking like this. but. She wears what she wants. Yeah. I think when you're five, that is that is totally, totally fine. I don't let her, I mean, I try to keep her practical in terms of like she has to wear sneakers on gym day. And so we just finally said, you just have to wear sneakers to school because you have to be able to function in what you're wearing. And sometimes like with her hair, she wants, <laughs> she's got really curly, curly hair. And I, I'm like, you have to put it out of your face. I, as long as it doesn't stop the functionality of whatever it is she's trying to do, I don't care. And she looks like a lunatic. I mean, she dresses. I will maybe try to put some pictures up online. I mean, it's she dresses like a crazy. We should definitely put these pictures up on Instagram with like bars over our kids eyes. Right. And just be like, would would you fight this battle? Yeah. And like, (laughs) just bring it. Would you fight this battle? And the answer is no. I think we should take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to give you the clothes battle that I think is absolutely worth fighting. And I'm not sure if you'll agree with me or not, but we'll see. I bet I won't. All right. We'll hear about that after the break. Coming soon to a theater near you. An epic tale. How was school today, honey? Of an epic battle. It was like so fun. What did you say? In a world where useless placeholder words have taken over her daughter's vocabulary. It 
was like so fun. One mother stands against the tide and fights. Sweetie, it wasn't like so fun. It was so fun. A system of language hangs in the balance. And I was like, you go over there. But she was like, no, you come over here. And so I was like, okay, fine, I'll come over there. No! Can one mom fight the battle? Or will she succumb to the realization that she is patient zero in the very epidemic she is trying to forestall? And I was like, you have to stop saying that. And she was like, I can't. From the studio that brought you, you can't wear that princess gown to church. And no baseball hats at the table comes Stop Saying Like. A film, a truth, a battle that is probably not worth fighting. We should like totally go see that. Rated PGI for you will probably go insane if you keep fighting this battle. Let it go already. Margaret, exciting news. I am about to have a new baby nephew. And believe it or not, this will be my 13th nephew. Amy, you're ready to give up your amateur status. You're a pro (laughs) aunt at this point. Our family has seen a lot of babies. And as soon as they start standing or walking, I send them all a whole lot of Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 don't have ordinary diaper tabs. Instead, they have a unique 360 degree stretchy waistband that moves with your newly mobile little one. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof, crucial once your baby is quite literally up and at them. And that gap-free fit helps prevent your baby from taking off their diaper, a habit you do not want them to get into. You can say that again. And Pampers Cruisers 360 just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we even elaborate on the need for that, friends? For trust Protection Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, when you've got kids, as just about everybody listening to this right now does, you're probably looking at what they eat and seriously wondering how they could possibly be getting all of the vitamins and minerals they need to grow big and strong. That's why Haya was created, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin for kids. Haya fills the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full-body nourishment our kids need. And yes, Even your picky eaters will approve. I know mine does. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables. Then it's supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals to help support our kids' growing brains and bodies. And Haya vitamins are sent straight to your door, which means you set it and forget it and give yourself one less thing to worry about. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash fresh. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H-HayaHealth.com slash fresh to get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? 
My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. So, Margaret, you and I are both kind of out of the baby stage, I think. You mean personally or (laughs) or the fact that we don't have babies anymore? We don't have babies. Sometimes I'm still in the baby phase. Sometimes I still get fussy and hungry. But if there's anything new moms here, like then and now, it's that wherever your infant is sleeping is, is all wrong. Yeah. There's a lot of things you're not supposed to do. There are safe sleep guidelines that you're not, okay, you're not supposed to co-sleep. You're definitely not supposed to have a baby too far away from you. Though. Right. They can't be in the crib, but they can't be with you in the bed. And you can't put them on the couch cushion, which I totally did. Um, oh, I had a roll off. I had a roller off. Oh, God. Hit and the, hit the, hit the um, end table on the way down. <gasps> yeah. And I had a car seat, car seat sleeper. And he's, uh, he's fine now, but he had a nice flat patch on the back of his head. For, oh, yeah. For some you get time. the flathead. Yeah. Flathead. Don't yeah. want the flathead. So so I, so that's all like what not to do, but then what are you supposed to do? I don't know. There's a kind of I've lost track. You ready to be hip? There's like you can put your baby to sleep like the babies in Finland go to sleep. I do know about the Finland babies. They sleep in boxes. They sleep in boxes and they have the lowest infant mortality rate in the world. They sleep in boxes. And that So boxes good. Yes, boxes are good and our sponsor for today, pippingrow.com has introduced the Smitten bassinet box for babies. It's made of corrugate and yes, that is cardboard, but it's it's nice cardboard. It's durable and it's lightweight and it doesn't off-gas weird stuff. So it doesn't smell funky. It doesn't smell funky. It weighs two pounds, but it carries up to 99 pounds. So if you have the heaviest baby (laughs) ever in the world. I'm going to tell you that if you have a 99 pound baby, you should definitely consult your pediatrician immediately. (laughs) There is something going wrong. Put that baby in the smitten bassinet box. But if you get in a fight with your husband and he's very small, you can put him in the smitten box. That seems like an upside. But they're very portable, which is like, remember the infant car seats, how heavy those things Ugh, were? I still think I have tennis elbow from lugging around those they're things. They're awful. So these these are very uh, ergonomic and they're also really pretty. They're in these neutral colors and so they won't sort of ruin your living room with the, I don't know, you know, right. the neon, neon yellow. The neon plastic that everything else yes, in the living room Yes, exactly. Is. Exactly. They don't assault your eyes with all the colors. And it's designed for safe sleep and it's made in the United States. And you ready for more? I mean, you've given me so much. I have have 10 reasons. Here's number 11. I'm still thinking about that 99 pound baby, honestly, (laughs) but okay. Give me more. Pip and Grow, they actually partner with national and local community organizations to provide smitten bassinets for families in need. And when, if you buy a smitten bassinet, when you check out, you can designate, yes, I'd like to make a one-to-one match. So it's like Tom's shoes, but for safely sleeping babies. So you should go to pipandgrow.com and you can use the code FRESH, which in all caps, to get $10 off a woodland smitten, which is a really nice neutral pattern with some deer on it and some birch trees. Totally gender neutral because that's also very 2017. Yeah, we got to stay hip. You got a baby box, it's got to be gender neutral. That's how we're rolling in 2017. So get your baby box and your friends who are pregnant, tell them, check it out, and they can use the code too. $10 off. shower gift. 
Oh, it is a good shower yeah, gift. Yeah, come on. We're always looking for a shower gift. Nobody wants the diaper. Nobody wants the diaper cake anymore. No. That's over. The diaper cake is out. The smitten box is in, guys. You could get a smitten and put it together for them and then put cute little stuff in it. See, Amy's a good shower guest. You're you welcome. Please don't invite me to your baby shower, <laughs> but you can invite Amy. She'll bring you a smitten box. Pippengrow.com. Use code FRESH for $10 off. All right, we're back. Amy has a... Uh, she has a switcheroo. She thinks she has something that's going to stump me. Well, it's not, it's not that I'm going to stump you, but that I think we're going to disagree on this one. This was the most sort of oft repeated on our Facebook post about what is a battle worth or not worth fighting, sort of the most oft cited as the thing you struggle with, whether it matters. Wearing shorts in winter. Ugh, we've already discussed this. Yes, I know. Yeah, you're like, who cares? And, Wearing and- shorts in winter is not a battle worth fighting. Christine says if it's cold out and they want to wear shorts, just put a pair of pants in their bag. I would skip that. I don't but care. But she does hold the ground. Yeah. You like, let them be cold. <laughs> See, my kids walk a lot. My kids, my kids. So do I. My nephew who weighs like a hundred pounds and is six foot seven. He's got no fat on him to keep him warm. He went to Dartmouth. He's from Chicago. He wore shorts and a long sleeve sweatshirt all through school. <laughs> He's like, I don't even own a coat. It's a thing that guys do. Let them do yeah, it. Yeah, the I, I. What's going to happen to them? We've already discussed this at, at, in some episode or another because I remember talking about the guy I went to college with who didn't have a coat and wore and did the bare bare feet thing. He'd like go to school in bare feet. Right. And no coat. I that will remind cool. you what I said on that episode. Where is bare feet, dude? Now he's um, not dead, but I, you know, I don't know. Not dead. <laughs> not dead. That's all I need to know. That makes my point. Barefoot dead, dude no is not dead. He's somewhere raising a family. Who knows whether or not he wears a coat, but it doesn't matter. I, I'm a little stuck on the shorts thing because I don't get where how it went from. Like there was one kid everybody went to college with who wouldn't wear a winter coat. But this idea that every boy has to wear shorts all winter long, that wasn't true in 2007, yeah. 2008, but 2009. Who cares? And then all of a sudden in 2013. Every kid in my town wears shorts. Everyone. But who cares? Well, Why do we care about? All right. There's no good argument for why we care. I'm going to let it go. But Christine says she does hold her ground on mittens and hats and winter coats, pants when there is life threatening cold outside. So I. I well, here's the one thing. Cold. If you the, the, the I often have kids in the morning who are like, well, I don't need a hat. It's not cold. And then it's like they're going to be freezing at recess. And that's annoying. And I, I, it's fine to put it in their bags. And then at school, I think they make them wear it. So it's fine. But the the. High school boys want to wear shorts in the winter thing. Not a battle worth fighting. I will die fighting the battle that that is not a battle worth. Yeah, no, I've let it go. Thanks to thanks to our uh, previous discussion on that. But it still drives me up the wall. Yeah, I mean, it's dumb and annoying. Like a lot of things. Dumb and annoying. But like that. No, none. We're not saying about any of these things that they're not dumb and annoying. Like they are very dumb and very annoying. And yet don't fight the battle. I feel better about this now because I feel like I've been heard and seen on this issue that that it, it is loco and we all know it and yet we're going to allow it to occur instead of free I, I actually feel better so thank you all right um here's another one here's another one we've talked about a lot on this show it's an ongoing battle but the the picky eating so judy asked this judy you should go back and listen to our very first episode which is all about this but she she really asks is picky eating a battle worth fighting she says everything i've read states that forcing kids to try new foods or to eat when not hungry promotes unhealthy eating habits later on. And I have mixed feelings about that. We, we talked in that episode about you actually kind of do have to 
set set a line or at least not let the goalposts be continually moved back and back and back. Now, now I only eat bread. Now I only eat white bread. Now I only eat white bread with no crust on it. Now I only eat this kind of white bread with no crust on it. You can you can decide to let your picky eater be a picky eater, but you shouldn't let them continue to shrink what they'll tolerate. Yeah. And I mean, we do do an elaborate discussion of this already on the picky eater, so we won't go too far down this rabbit hole. Just go listen to that episode. But we, I have an extremely picky eater and I have used a lot of the advice that we talk about in that episode and kept putting new things in his way and it has helped and made it better. And one of the things that we talk about in that episode is like, I make him at least tolerate things on his plate. Yeah. That was a big step for us. Like I'm talking about that kind of picky eating. Like I cannot be in the room if anyone's eating rice. And now he will sit at dinner. I put the rice on his plate. He does not have to eat it, but he has to sit through dinner with rice on his plate. And that's been a big step. And that battle is kind of over. The other big thing that we've done with Picky Eater is that we do new food Wednesdays at our house. And that has been really helpful for us. So that basically the rest of the week, we have pretty recognizable foods that they know. Like we alternate between like, it's chicken. There's always a vegetable, you know, which would they still complain about, but they eat. And but on Wednesdays, we always have something new. And this Wednesday, and I mean, people may be laughing because they may think like that's not even a new type of food. We had tostadas. So I toasted tortillas and I put black beans, cheese and chicken. And then I had guacamole available to put on them. And everyone chose not to have <laughs> the guacamole, but it was a choice. And. I really noticed this week that everybody ate fine. And I try to try to explain to them, like, these are ingredients, you know, they're just in a different setting, you know, and and just keep introducing new foods. And then when we're having new foods and they like the tostadas, I say things like, you know, it's so fun when you eat new kinds of foods. We can go to all sorts of new places. We can try different things, try to make it a really positive thing, not a negative thing, but keep putting things in their path. But don't sit over them and scream like, take one bite. It's it's in, in the end, I think the picky eater thing is a battle worth fighting, but you have to do it in a non in a non battle confrontational right. Way. Not don't make it battle, but it's definitely a battle worth fighting. Stay in the fight on that one. So but go so back step- and listen to our picky eater episode because it's chock full of really like actually helpful tips on that. Stephanie Dolgoff wrote an article for parenting on how to choose your battles that I, and I thought she had a good piece of advice. It's kind of related to your new food Wednesday. She said that you should, in a non-confrontational moment, obviously this is not when it's 15 degrees outside and your kid wants to wear shorts. This is not the moment to have this activity. This is a quieter moment activity. But you create a sort of family values list or a mission statement. We've talked about this on, on, on this show before about the things that are important to your family, things that are really important to you as parents. Like we, we, we dress up for church, say, right? We don't call people names in this house. Keep it short. Keep it to what's really important. Create that list in a time that isn't already fraught with confrontation. And then those things become non-negotiable, kind of like New Food Wednesday. I mean, it sounds like that's really been, I mean, your, your picky eater is eating black beans. That's a big deal. That's a big step forward. And I think Huge. it's from having, from having this sort of short but non-negotiable list of this is, this is how we do things in our house. I really liked that idea. Yeah. And I think we've done a lot of that. I think that's a theme we talk a lot about in the Picky Eater episode. And one of the things that we have on that list, which my sister-in-law imparted to me and has been extremely useful, 
is in the kitchen, we, we can talk about anything, but we cannot talk about the food. It's the one thing we're not allowed to talk about in the kitchen. And that it's like our value is having a fun, warm family table. And so we can't have a warm family table if everyone at the table is complaining about the food or fighting or like the whole conversation is like, take one bite of that broccoli or you're not having dessert. And so once you know what the overall value is, the value is gathering, hearing about each other's days, checking in with each other, having like, I mean, that great family table that I remember from my childhood. And, you know, it's not always great. Like a lot of times it's kids blowing bubbles in their milk and fighting and whatever else. But your value is have a family table that functions well. And then your goals are just to get there. Yeah. I like that. And, 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 uh, Stephanie Dolgoff says in this article that it's, it's useful for your kids because when, when they work out with you, what's really important, they learn how to work out for themselves. That's what's really important. And that's a, a life skill that we all need. And it goes back to a discussion that we have a lot that I think is so useful, which is figure out structure. So you're not starting the conversation from scratch every night. You know, it's not every night. And that I feel like is a phase we got locked in where every night was what's for dinner. I don't like that. I don't want that. And so we had to put a lot of structure in place around dinner. So battles worth fighting are battles worth structuring, right? The, yes. the, the goal is not to fight, but the things that are important, you have to put more, more structure around. Yeah. All right. I have another sort of big, big issue. Carol brought this up. Um, she she was talking about picking up the house, making the house neat at night, I think. And she but, but the, the point that she was asking is what happens when your spouse and you are not on the same page about whether a battle is worth fighting? Is it worth a battle to convince your husband that it's not worth a battle with the kids to pick up their toys every night? I think a um, lot of people have this problem. And I discussed it a little bit earlier. And I think a lot of people have the problem that sometimes it feels like your husband, who's maybe not as involved in the day-to-day, kind of suddenly wants to parachute in and be like, I demand that this happen. And it's so helpful. Yes. Yeah. And I've had that discussion with my husband where I'm kind of like, hun, you got to chill. Like this, the parachuting in with bizarre rules from left field, it, it, I don't find it helpful. And I think it's very... I'm willing to have a conversation about something that you think is important that I don't think is important. Like, for example, dressing up for church. My husband's from the South and they are um, much more sticklery about dressing up for church. We go to a church where people dress insanely casually, especially in the summer. (laughs) And I do find it kind of wacky. And I would probably prefer that we dress a little bit better for church. But I kind of handed that one off to him. And I'm like, well, if it's really important to you, great. Have fun getting the kids ready for church. Like, yeah, I'll see the battle, but I won't fight the battle on your behalf. I think that I think that I am also I think in in our house, both of us, each my my husband and I are each guilty of all of a sudden getting that like respect my authority thing on and getting really (laughs) insanely, really militant about some rules. Just like you're like the weird pop up clown that's like, hi, I'm suddenly here to enforce weird (laughs) rules. 
Right. So the other night, my my husband and my oldest got into like a throwdown over whether my son should take off his baseball hat at the dinner table. And it was just, we didn't have company over. It was just the five of us. And my husband was like, that's how it is. That's the rule. No hats at the dinner table. And my son was like, my hair is greasy and crazy. I just came home from practice. Can I just keep my hat on? And and I make it a ground rule for me not to undercut my spouse in front of the kids. And I've never been in a position where I've had to. So I guess that's good. But but um, I didn't. Yeah, I let that one go. Let's just let's just say I sort of didn't say anything. I let I let I let the two of them have that out because I wasn't going to say, oh, come on, what does it really matter? But on the other hand, I wasn't going to, you know, pound the table and say, yes, that's a that's a family mission statement. No hats at the table. Although my poor grandmother, his name, my my, my son is named after my grandmother, her her last name. And if she could have, oh, she was so upset about hats at the table. She lived with us until she, you know, long after she needed to be in a nursing home for her Alzheimer's. And she so she didn't really know much about what was going on. But boy, if you sat down at the table with <laughs> she hat knew on. if there was a hat at the dinner table. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's the kind of thing that I was discussing before that the sort of sudden authoritarianism of a rule. And then the kind of no give. I mean, this is kind of where I hear my parents' heads exploding, where they're just like, uh, not every kid gets a voice and they don't get a vote. But those are the battles that I think get kind of crazy for no reason. Like, and that is an example of what I was trying to say about my husband sometimes jumping in and like, you cannot do this until you've done. And it's like, just, it seems random and out of the blue and everyone kind of gets upset. And then I do think you have to try to leave a little room for like, oh, but I'm a sweaty mess. And I don't know. It gets really complicated fast. Once you've said it, it's the rule. That's the problem. That's what I was saying earlier. It's like, watch those no's and watch those rules that kind of come out. Because once you've said it, I think, and especially like once your husband's doubled down a little bit on it, you're in. Like the hat's coming off or... Or it becomes this whole thing about like, you are not respecting my authority, but yeah. And that's why I do think you've got to be careful. And I, I, I know I have seen all my friends have this problem with their husband where they're just suddenly like, suddenly they're like the weird, like commander from full metal jacket and just screaming rolls. And it's like, Whoa, what are you doing? Holmes? like, calm down. But to be fair, I definitely take on that rule too. When I'm, I'm the, we always talk about this video, but the Chris Fleming company's coming video, right? No matter, no oh matter how God. zen I try Everything. to be about, yeah. about company coming, I'm, I am that person that nobody can know that we said. That's, that's totally, <laughs> totally me. And yeah. that's when I, I do see my husband do the slow take to me, like, are you serious? But he, but to his credit, he, if he thinks that I am, you know, kind of pushing something random far too hard, he will wait until a quiet moment and we, we had that discussion offline, which I think is the, the real yeah. takeaway there. That's why it's good to watch throwing it down in the first place, because once you get in, you're kind of in and it's hard to get out. But when it's your spouse, in general, you should be backing them up and agreeing with them. But then it's often good to be like, is that really an important no right there? It's just the kind of thing of like, the kids, I'm at the beach. I'm finally relaxing and reading my book for the first time in a year. And then the kids are like throwing shells into the water. And my husband will suddenly go, no throwing shells in the water. And I just think, why would you say that? Like, why is that a rule? That rule makes no right. sense. And we're relaxed for the first time ever. 
But then once you say it, it's like, mm, dad said no throwing shells. Yeah. Tough right. one. That's that's a tough one. Well, okay. So so I think we we think we hit on this idea that there are some battles that are worth there's some things worth taking seriously, but they they don't have to be fought. I'm gonna give you a little more Stephanie Dolgoff for parenting. I thought this was a good quote. She says, as any good leader knows, war is a last resort. If you can resolve something by negotiation and compromise, do so. So I don't know how the hat at the table could have been resolved by negotiation or compromise. Well, you could have said, now we've learned our lesson. Like, don't come to the table sweaty if you can't take your hat off. Next time you have to take a shower beforehand, but I will let you leave your hat on tonight. But the rule is no hats at the table. So next time, no better. Yeah. I think I think engaging in some um, some diplomacy like that is again it's it's modeling something that's useful for your kids. Yeah, it's letting them save face. It's it's and it's teaching them that compromise and saying okay, I see your point, and so then I'm going to come back with this, and maybe we can meet in the middle. I mean, that's certainly a good thing to to teach your kids, and those things like that are maybe I don't know, or even especially in the moment where you're thinking my spouse is taking something really seriously, and I don't really care about shells being thrown in the water. That's a moment for diplomacy to come in and say, well, you know, what if we just say that it's going to be this, but not that? And uh, and then. Right. It's an example to say, like, oh, you know, your dad's worried that you're splashing other people. So I'm going to move you down 10 feet and you can throw them. But you need to be really careful about not getting near anybody else, you know, and find some sort of compromise in the moment. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Okay, so not nothing's worth fighting. Some things are worth structuring. Don't disagree with your spouse, but see if you can help them negotiate in the moment when you see the when you see the full, you know, loaded for bear thing happening in your kitchen. Yeah. And I think it's good when the battles come up sometimes to try to figure out what's underneath the battle a little bit. Like what? What is the overall issue that we're having a debate about? Yeah. And as my favorite parenting advice ever, is your kid giving you a hard time or is your kid having a hard time? And if they're having a hard time, then there is really no battle worth fighting, at least in that moment. Yeah, that's that. It's a good point. And sometimes I've gotten in the habit of saying to my second grader is hitting the like October slump. Basically, he's coming home so tired from school every day and just bursting into tears at weird times. And he's just tired. You know, he's kind of hitting uh, the wall a little bit. And he was driving me so crazy because he would just walk in. There's nothing to do. No one will play with me. And I'm like, oh, who cares, kid? Be quiet. But I've tried to get at a little bit like, hey, what? Are you feeling hungry, tired? Like, let's try a snack. Let's Let's see if we can ignore the fight and get to what the underneath thing is. Maybe you need some quiet time. Grab a book and go lie down in your bed for a little while and try to solve the problem that the battle is just the tip of. Ah, I like that. Yeah. Go for the iceberg, the underneath part. Yeah, and and a lot of the battles, especially when you have teenagers, like the battles start to become, especially between your husband and a teenage boy, like who runs this place? Right. And they're and they're and they're arbitrary by design. I mean, having a teenage kid is like they're fine. Then all of a sudden, I hate you, I hate you, door slam. And then, uh, and then you know, an hour later, they come down like, "Hi, what's for dinner?" And we're like, "Are you? Did you 
have a personality transplant when you went upstairs. They don't they don't connect what happened 15 minutes ago within the moment. And that's just that's another episode. Right. And a lot of the battles are just trigger <laughs> points. And even with little ones, you know, basically, I mean, I tend to come out a little bit. I don't know. I can be very authoritarian. And then I'm also sort of like peace at any price. Like, let's just figure out how to make the house a really peaceful place. But some of that does involve revisiting the battles and figuring out how to restructure them. Yeah. So structure structure your battles and uh, and have your family values list, which may or may not include pets at the table. That's a conversation you'll have to have. And for God's sakes, keep pets out of your bed. That's disgusting. <laughs> keep your food in the kitchen, please. Don't be a dumb dumb. All right, we solved exactly. it. We solved it. Now oh, you totally know. Solved. People, this is you what we know. do. You write us questions and we tell you the answers. Come on. Yes. yes. Sometimes battles are worth structuring. Okay, so we want to hear from you and there's a bunch of ways you can get in touch with us and we love to hear from our listeners. You can come to our website, which is whatfreshhealthpodcast.com where we'll have links to some of the uh, articles we talked about today. And you can visit us on Facebook at What Fresh Hellcast. Yeah, and that's our Instagram too, What Fresh Hellcast. And we're on Twitter just to shake things up at WFH Podcast. And guys, I know you know this because we've been talking about it for a while, but we are having a live show. On December 1st in Chappaqua, New York. It's going to be really, really fun. There's going to be props. There's going to There's be, going to be props. Wine. <laughs> I have become obsessed with my shoes for this event. I don't know why. I feel like it'll all turn out well if I have the right pair of shoes. I've been doing a lot of have... online shoe shopping. I was going to talk to you about that like after we recorded. Like, what are you wearing for this? So let's, let's be sure to have that conversation. I'm going to wear cool shoes. That's all I know. Shoes. All right. Well, people, it it's going to be worth it alone to come see the shoes I'm wearing. Um, so come. You should go to whatfreshhealthpodcast.com and get tickets. And people are buying like blocks of 20 tickets. They're coming with all their mom friends. It's going to be a party. It's going to be awesome. We hope we see you all there. So go get your tickets now for December 1st. And uh, other than that, what can we say? Thank you for listening and share this with a friend. If you enjoyed listening, tell a friend about it. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks.